When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You are now entering a critical thinking zone. Thinking caps are required beyond this point. From deep behind enemy lines, deep in the heart of the Midwest, it's your host, Andrew Coppins. And it's time for Critical Thinking. Welcome into the Fish Fry Friday edition. Yes, I know that is a very regional thing. What the hell am I talking about? Get hip. To the fun that is a fish fry in the state of Wisconsin. Um, learn it. Love it. If you go to the state of Wisconsin, especially in northeast Wisconsin, check out a Friday fish fry. It is a must-do on the list. Or if you're in Door County, do a fish boil. But that's neither here nor there. Pat, how are you on this Friday? Uh, it's Friday, which means I'm a step closer to the weekend. Which also means I'm a step closer to the Pat Oni show for the weekend. I heard that it's a real um, POS. It is a real POS, especially this weekend. Especially this weekend. Why? So, well, because I, I mean, the uh, Steve Dace interview that we did a couple of days ago uh, will will be replayed on the Pat Oni show, and then mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I'll be doing some other things up front in the show as well. So uh, it'll be a real POS. Shocked. Yeah. I'm I'm totally yeah. shocked. Now, do yeah, not forget you can follow on Rumble, um, rumble.com backslash critical thinking. And thank you to all the new people who have subscribed, by the way, Pat. Um, it, it is fantastic to see all of those people who have um joined our channel. Um, I greatly, greatly appreciate you. Um, we have gotten a, a large er audience. So we appreciate that. Um, having said all of that, this is going to be an interesting weekend, and I don't know if my heart can take it, Pat. Why is this going to be an interesting weekend, and why can't your heart take it? Well, you see, my uh, my mighty Green Bay Packers are taking on the San Francisco 49ers in the divisional round of the playoffs, and then tonight, a battle for first place in the Big Ten basketball standings takes place at the Kohl Center in Madison, Wisconsin, as... 
your top 10 Wisconsin Badgers take on the Michigan State Spartans with first place on the line. I mean, that, that's going to be a great matchup. It always um, is. No matter no matter where these two yeah. teams are ranked, it is always a fascinating matchup. Yeah, that should be a great matchup. Though I do think your uh, Green Bay – oh, I wouldn't worry about your Green Bay Packers too much. I think they should, you know, um, handle San Francisco just fine. Mm-hmm. Famous last words. Thanks, Pat. Appreciate that. You're welcome. Uh, call it um, NFC Championship Syndrome uh, because I've, I've seen this team choke too many times when they've had opportunities. What is it? They're 0 for 5 in their last five NFC Championship games since the uh, win in the Super Bowl? Well, uh, brutal. Yeah. Um, isn't that because you uh, kind of let James Campen go? Just, just throwing it out there. I, I, I watched like a short documentary on him the other day. See, the funny part is, I know who he is as a player more than a coach. Because uh, oh. I have well, I mean, somewhere no in this house a picture of James Campen and, and me standing side by side as a little kid. Do you really? Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm. I also have a picture of Brett Favre palming my head. <clears throat> we used to have oh, these. Wow. Um, I mean, it was like a Packer family day, right? And what they would do is um, at every every entrance into Lambeau Field, right? So into the actual bowl of Lambeau Field, they would have a player stationed there. And this was Brett Favre's first year in Green Bay. Not a lot of people back then knew who he was, right? They had known that we had traded for him, that we gave up kind of the farm for him a little bit, but they didn't really know who he was. So it was really easy, actually, to get a picture with him. Also, the same day that my brother got him to ride his bike. Um, That was a really cool, cool thing to happen. Uh, But neither here nor there. Um, My point being, I'm more nervous about the... uh, the game tonight than I am about the game on Saturday. Let's put it that way. Fair enough. enough. That having all been said, Pat, um, there's also this thing called the POS coming up this weekend. Um, I know that you're likely to replay the uh, interview with Steve Dace from earlier this year because you're a lazy POS. I mean, that, that, that really has nothing to do with it, but uh, sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What else, what else pray tell are you, uh, Going to give the folks this weekend on the Pat Oni show shenanigans that that's what I'm giving you shenanigans. You're fired. They're just fired. Now, before we get into crowning a brand new Richard of the week, giving you the fish fry, we got to get into the best and worst of the week, Pat. So how about this? Um, why don't you give us your worst of the week? Because I always like to end the first half on a positive note on these Friday shows. So your worst story of the week well I, I i was torn on this because i found a couple of stories that are just awful but i had to go with this one because with all the stuff that's been going on with our president lately um i thought how can anyone possibly believe this but um nancy pelosi and Chuck Schumer said that one of the most impactful first years of a presidency, they gush over Biden's uh, tumultuous first year. Uh, 
the uh, statement released Thursday, uh, when President Joe Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris were sworn in a year ago, our nation faced a dark and difficult moment from a pandemic and economic crisis. One year later, we proudly mark one of the most impactful first years of a presidency in modern times. Then I thought about this. Because I know what they're saying is not what I'm about to say, but uh, they're not wrong. It, it wasn't an impactful first year. It was just impactful in a very bad, horrible, tumultuous way. But how out of touch are these people exactly? Well, there's a CBS poll. CBS. Take that for what it's worth. Um, <clears throat> Biden's presidency has made you feel 50% say frustrated, 49% said disappointed, 40% said nervous, 25% said calm, and 25% said satisfied. Now, CBS, it would be skewed to what side of the aisle there, Andrew Coppins? Um... Far left. Yeah, yeah. So um, those numbers that are uh, feeling frustrated and disappointed are likely much higher. The calm and satisfied are likely much lower. Um, <clears throat> but how out of touch are these people? Are they saying this just because of politics? Or are they saying this because they actually believe it? I think it's probably a bit of both, personally. Um, but yeah, this this made my this made my worst of the week because of how out of touch these people are, how elitist they are. If anything, it shows those couple of things because they have no idea ultimately how the American people feel and how people in their own party feel about this president. That's how bad this is. This is poor leadership. And I, we deserve better. We frankly deserve much, much better than what we're getting out of all of our elected officials in D.C. right now. If you're this out of touch, you shouldn't be there. Yeah. And, and ironically, if you look at the uh, bipartisan, quote unquote, Innovation and Choice Online Act, um, this is a great example of the idiocy coming out of both sides of the aisle. Right. It literally does the opposite of allowing for innovation and choice. Well, and it's here's here's the because who's writing too. the bill, right? Those that would benefit from it, right? Um. So, but here's the interesting thing: what has Pelosi and Schumer been able to accomplish in the last year? Yeah, that's a legitimate question, and I don't know what it would be. I don't either. Because some people would point to, well, they at least kept the economy afloat, and it, things could have been worse, right? Did they? Did they keep the economy afloat? Well, um, so I have a dual worst of the week, and this, oh. tie, this ties into this. Okay. Janet Yellen, Pat, who is what? Uh, she's the what secretary of the fed 
Sec- Treasury Secretary. Or, Treasury, yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Janet Yellen called the Commander-in-Chief's economic policy a, quote, remarkable success. Uh, I mean, define success here because I, I'm not uh, I'm not really picking up what she's laying down. I'm glad you asked because she says, quote, a year ago, if you go back to the challenges that we were facing and the Federal Reserve was facing, unemployment was extremely high. We were all worried that we'd be facing a situation like we had after 2008 when it took almost a decade to get back to full employment, Yellen said. I think it is to be viewed as a remarkable success that the unemployment has fallen the most in a year in American history. Now, it is true. Biden's economy has observed 6.4 million new positions filled in 2021. But many are noting that 3 million jobs have been lost during COVID-19 and the lockdown-induced recession remain unrecovered. Indeed, there is a study that reveals that $300 per week federal unemployment checks extended into September of 2021 by President Biden's American Rescue Plan caused, caused, not caused, caused slower job recovery. Meanwhile, inflation has gone from 1.4% to 7%, a four-decade high. Now, Yellen at least admitted that she desires lower price level increases as 2022 unfolds. She says that I expect inflation through much of the year, 12 months changes, to remain above 2%. But if we're successful in controlling the pandemic, I expect inflation to diminish over the course of the year and hopefully revert to normal levels by the end of the year around 2%. So she's looking to go for a 5% decrease in inflation? Now, I have talked, Pat, as a as a licensed realtor here in the state of Illinois, because I have to let you know that, I have talked about this in the past. If you're looking or thinking of buying, thinking of doing anything, right now is the time to do so. Because number one, making a move makes sense. Number two, you're locking in at historically low interest rates. Okay. Number three for me, None of this is making any sense to me, okay? We are seeing skyrocketing inflation, consumer prices of everything. In fact, I think we went to the store the other day, and normally I don't look at the price of meat. I don't look at the price of things because it's just that we need these things for sustenance, right? And it kind of costs what it costs and whatever. Now, there can be some choices made, and one of the biggest things for me is the price of milk. It could be $6 for a half a gallon of milk. You know, when when you go and get grass-fed milk, which is what I need to be able to drink milk, um, because of all the things that we've talked about on the show in the past, right? it's like six bucks. Easy. And it's hardly ever on the shelf. So when it's on the shelf, or, or not on the shelf, but in the, the, the cooler, I get it. I buy it as much as I can. You know, maybe I'm uh, uh, halfway through the through the carton of milk. I'm gonna go get another one, right? So all of those things having having been said, my point with 
the housing market is it hasn't seen the type of inflation the rest of the marketplace has. You haven't seen interest rates creep upwards. And part of that is because we have seen still a decrease in the amount of people willing to sell their homes nationally, by the way. Um, at the beginning of, July, of January, we had seen a 23% year-over-year decrease in the housing inventory. Now, fast forward just a few more weeks, and we see an 11% increase in the amount of contracts for houses, right? So the amount of houses that are under contract has gone up 11%. So that tells us two things, right, Pat? It tells us that the amount of people willing to buy houses is still strong, right? We have a ton of buyers out there. We have a lack of inventory out there, which leads me to a third point. Prices have increased by $16,000 on the median nationally, year over year. So now is the time for you to get into the marketplace, lock that price in, and most importantly, because of the insanity of the, where the hell is the inflation in the housing market? We're not seeing any of it, right? You could argue maybe you're seeing it in that that price increase of the of the purchase, but that's not where inflation of housing comes from. Inflation comes from six, seven, eight, nine, ten percent on your loan. So if you want to avoid that, if you want to avoid that bubble bursting at some point in time, because I I have talked to mortgage lenders all over the country. I have talked to mortgage lenders here in Chicago. I have talked to, in fact, asked a question of the National Association of Realtors Economists. Explain to me how this is possible, that we see consumer prices going up, we see inflation increasing to 7 8 9%, yet we're barely seeing a movement in the housing market. And the explanation that I've been given makes no reasonable sense. It makes none. We are, it is, a house of cards that at some point in time, whether that's this year, next year, the year after, is going to fall apart. Okay? That is the reality. We are artificially keeping this marketplace in historically great shape. It's artificial. Now, you should take advantage of that. Why, Pat? Because if you take advantage of it, you are locked in at three, three and a half, four percent, right? And if that inflation hits, if that bubble bursts, you're locked in. Now, if you go to buy that home and inflation is starting to get onto the rise, you're at five, six, seven, eight, nine percent. You could cost yourself hundreds of thousands of dollars over the life of a loan, tens of thousands of dollars at your purchase time. So be a smart consumer, but I also say be a smart seller. Because now is a super great time to take advantage of those increases in pricing. So all of this makes no freaking sense. None of this makes sense to me in any way, shape, or form. How can you call this a remarkable success? How? You've fudged every single number you possibly could this year. And it's not even a, we're taking a rosy-colored look at things. It's just simply lying to the American people. That bothers me to no end, Pat. No end. Now, the other thing I can't let go here is something that I gave you yesterday. And this is from Michael P. Singer, 
uh, Sanger on Twitter. Okay. Um, German health minister Karl Lauterbach on vaccine mandates. I can't play it because it's in German and you wouldn't understand it most likely. Now, luckily for me, I understand parts of German language, um, having taken it when I was in high school and college. Um, but the translation of it is this, quote, nobody gets vaccinated against their will. Even the obligation to vaccinate leads to the result that one ends up being vaccinated voluntarily. Uh, yes, Mr. Patoni. Uh, I have a question. Mm -hmm. um, how uh, can you be uh, not vaccinated against your will if it's mandated? Is there is there, if you're voluntarily getting vaccinated, is there even a reason for a mandate? <laughs> that second question is a little more uh, valid than I think the first question because see well, the first question is you're just going to get fined, right? I asked it wrong. You know your your first question. Um, well, Pat, you have a choice. Either you could take the vaccine, right? Or you uh -huh. can pay a 3,600 euro fine. Again. You're, you're not necessarily being mandated to get the vaccine. You you can make a choice. Okay. But uh, if it's voluntary, what would be the reason for the fine? And then what would be the reason for the mandate? I'm glad you asked because I don't know the reason. Me don't think, um, by the way, Pat, uh, 1984 is calling and it wants its Ministry of Truth back. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. Now, we need to end on our best stories of the week. We've got about four minutes or so left. Uh, Pat, your best story of this week. My best story of this week uh, actually has to do with the Supreme Court. Um, so the Supreme Court issued another blow to the abortion supporters trying to block the Texas law. Um, what would happen here is um, the uh, abortion advocates uh, on the uh, Texas law um, were trying to get a, another request um, to, to get stay. the legislation right. blocked. Yeah. Um, and bring it back to the, the lower court. Yep. Right, right. And the Supreme Court refused. Flat out refused. Okay. So um, that was my best story of the week just because like, I, I like seeing, you know, pro-life things like that happen and upholding some life. But uh, we, we've talked about the okay. Texas law before. So. Yeah. I, I don't understand why that. So I, I had this argument with a pro-life godless individual this week um, wow. who I used to work with um, back in my days of, of running uh, websites and, and um, covering the Big Ten and stuff, right? Okay? Yeah. So my question to you is, why is the Texas abortion law a good thing? I mean, it, I'm not saying the Texas abortion law is perfect by any means. That, that's not my argument here. Right. So um, so I don't know why this would be the, the best story of the week for me, but hey, that's that's you. My point with this is this is a really terrible precedent of a law to be set in front of us. So we can basically put bounties out on people that we don't like 
uh, their moral choice. Right? That's right. what the Texas abortion law is doing. It Because it's, it's trying to end around the constitutional precedent that has been set, whether you believe that to be right or wrong. And I think both of us believe it to be wrong about abortion, right? It's trying to end around it by saying we're deputizing private citizens. We're not doing this as a fiat of law. And that is a dangerous precedent. I think it's bad law, regardless of what I believe about pro-life. Okay, so I, I, I hesitate to think that this is a good decision. Just like if we lived in the times of Plessy versus Ferguson, would you say that that was a good decision? I don't know. That was a horrible decision. Okay, Roe versus Wade. Terrible constitutional decision. Right. And I even know people who are pro-abortion who believe that. Now, my, so I get where you're going in that the court is st- seemingly indicating that it's willing to take up Roe versus Wade, right? Right. It That's looks like that is what is going on here. Because you right. couple that with further or other decisions over the course of this past year or cases that they're willing to take on, it seems to look that way. So I will give right. you that is part, or for me at least, that would be the reason I would say this is the best story of the week. Are we seeing the end of Roe versus Wade, at least from a constitutional standpoint um, and precedent standpoint? Very possibly. And that, that that's why I chose this. Okay, that is fair enough. Now, for me, I think the best story of the week is watching all of these Fortune 100 companies, these big named companies, doing one thing and one thing only, Pat, rescinding employee vaccine mandates in lieu, in light of what the Supreme Court indicated it was going to do. Because everybody thinks that ding dong, this is all dead. It was just a stay, right? And they're going to rule further on this decision later on. So probably in June, we will get a full decision from them. And I love seeing Starbucks. I love seeing um, GE and some of these other companies going crazy on what they're going to eliminate and getting rid of their vaccine mandates. Uh, I think it's a great story. Yep. So I think it's time that we have some fun here Um, before we get into a little more seriousness. I think it's time for us to play the B or not the B because we've got a lot to get to in the second half of this program. Pat, are you ready? Oh, I'm, I'm ready. I'm glad you're ready. Are you ready? Hit me with that headline. All righty then. Today's headline. Entire medical establishment threatened by comedian who gets high and talks about MMA and aliens. Entire medical establishment threatened by comedian who gets high and talks about MMA and aliens. Is this the B or not the B? That is the question. While you're thinking about that, Andrew Coppins, folks, you haven't yet, go to preparewithmojo50.com. Things are just getting weird out there. They're getting nutty. We just talked about the lies of the Biden administration in the first half when it comes to the uh, year one and their economy a little bit. And from what Janet Yellen had to say, from what uh, Nancy Pelosi and, and, and Chuck Schumer had to say, I'm pretty sure that they are just so delusional, disconnected, and probably a little too hyped up on Botox and alcohol um, to, to know any different. 
Um, but regardless of that case, you know, interest rates with the housing market, you know, we're expecting things to eventually come tumbling down. Uh, so if that's the case, you need to be prepared. You need to have your family prepared. But the, one of the best ways to start by getting prepared is by going to preparewithmojo50.com, starting with your food storage. And this food stays good on your shelf for up to 25 years. They've got all sorts of great emergency food supply kits over there, anything from 72 hours to an eight-week kit. Um, it is worth the investment, folks. So get prepared today. Go to preparewithmojo50.com. That is preparewithmojo50.com. Um, entire medical establishment threatened by comedian who gets high and talks about MMA and aliens. Andrew Coppins, is this the B or not the B? Sir, it would be helpful if I unmuted myself. Um but this has got to be not the B because we, we have seen this time and again, right? That that um, notice who isn't showing up on Joe Rogan's podcast, right? It is your Scott Gottlieb's. It is your people who don't like to be questioned. And that is the medical establishment, especially our Lord, Savior, President, Dr. Anthony Fauci, right? Not showing Which, up on the, the Joe way. Rogan podcast, by the way, is he? No. Which, uh, by the way, if he ever did, I think that would be entertaining as all get out. I mean, it would be like um, early Conor McGregor in in uh, UFC. Five-second yeah. knockout. See you later. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I don't know how long that conversation would last. Throw out uh, two acronyms, AIDS and COVID. Uh, seriously. I mean, seriously. Think of this, Pat. I want you to think of this real quick. Okay. You were not alive for you can get AIDS by getting onto a toilet seat, right? You were not alive Uh, for most of the AIDS scare. In fact, you weren't alive for Magic Johnson getting AIDS, right? Oh, when did he get AIDS? 1991. I I was born in 88, bro. Oh, okay. So you were three. What, What memories do you have when you were two to three years old? Very little, if at all. So when Magic Johnson announced that he had HIV, it was just assumed that within five to six years he was going to die. And you don't, I, I don't know if you would know the name Ryan White if I asked you what that was. Uh, no, I don't know the name Ryan White. No. Okay, so this was a little kid in the 80s who got a blood transfusion and it was from somebody who had HIV. And it was believed that um, he could then spread it to to other kids because we didn't know anything about HIV, right? We didn't know how it was spread. We didn't know that it was bloodborne um, or through other fluidic transmission, right? That uh, you couldn't get it just by sitting on a toilet seat, right? There was all sorts of scares about this, right? Who was doing the scaremongering and the fearmongering um, w- around that time? Uh, that would have been uh, one Lord and Savior, President Dr. Anthony Fauci. You are correct. Uh-huh. And what was his solution going to be, Pat, in the 1980s? Was it by chance lockdown, hide your kids, hide your wife kind of a deal? No, vaccinate everybody. It is now 2021, some 40 years later, Pat. Do we have a vaccine, by the way, for HIV or AIDS? Uh, no. No. Okay. Okay. Just checking. 
Um, have we made incredible advances to which most people can now make HIV or AIDS dormant, thus yes. non-transmissible? Yes. Yeah. So we have a person who, in our lifetimes, two of the greatest epidemics or endemics or pandemics of our lifetimes has been wrong, has lied, has done all of those things, Pat. I want you to think about that. Okay, so I want to I want to ask you a question here. It, so is is the uh, not the B your final answer? You are correct. It is not the B. I I just can't stand the lies anymore. I just can't from this guy. I understand. I understand. However, you are wrong. This is the Babylon B. This has already happened. This is the Babylon B. Look it up. If you don't believe me. Again, this is the Babylon B hitting it square on the on the nose. It it is. But this I, is the Babylon B. Is Joe Rogan not a guy who likes to get high? Who then likes to talk MMA and aliens? Yes, he is those okay. things. And will the medical establishment come on to his program? No. Not and like does the know. medical establishment attempt to discredit him around every corner? Uh, yes. yes, they do. So what part of this isn't true? Look, no one ever said the Babylon Bee can't be true. I'm just telling you that um, that while I might have been wrong, I'm also right. Well, you're going to have to take that up with Izzo then if you think that we should get the money anyway. Which he still hasn't paid us for yet, just so you know. But the political medical establishments throughout the world are surrounding the are sounding the alarm about the dangers of Joe Rogan, a comedian who gets high, talks about MMA and aliens. Joe Rogan, he must be stopped, said Dr. Fauci, and a very calmly written open letter signed by dozens of PhDs in sociology and gender theory at UC Berkeley. He's platforming the wrong people. Unfettered conversation, unrestricted, free speech. He'll kill us all. The the, the letter went on uh, went on to call for Spotify immediately to censor Joe Rogan's podcast and then banish him to Siberia. Rogan responded by saying, Aliens, what if aliens did DMT? Think about it, man. According to sources, Rogan habitually invi- invites interesting people on his show and lets them speak uninterrupted for several hours about things like aliens, elk meat, DMT, fitness, and how Dr. Fauci is a major tool who looks a bit like a garden gnome. Uh, the To make matters worse, he often does this without inviting a certified fact checker from Snopes or CNN to interact in the conversation. According to experts, this makes Rogan an <laughs> existential threat to democracy, science, public health, and the future of all mankind. Mm-hmm. Stop him, Fauci went on to say in his letter. He's making people question me. He's making people question science. CNN has announced they hired a dedicated team to fact che- of, of fact checkers to stand outside Rogan's studio and bang drums while screaming at the top of their lungs to protect the public from all of the misinformation. Spotify execs responded to the loud and, and persistent calls for censorship 
by taking giant wads of Joe Rogan's cash and stuffing it in their ear canals to drown out the noise. And guess who hosts our podcast, by the way, Pat? Spotify. Uh huh. So that they are, I would argue, closer to free speech than any other platform that we know of um, when it comes to this, right? Mm. Um, so they host left wing. I mean, Michael Moore is hosted by them. You've got Joe Rogan. You've got ourselves. You've got many, many people, all sides of the aisle. The neutrality that they take is fantastic. That having been said, um, this is way too close to being true. Way too on the nose. All right, Pat, I think it's time for us to move on. Are you ready to crown a brand new Richard of the week? Am I ever? All right. So, Pat, the nominees this week, all four of them, I think are pretty obvious. One of which we've actually Probably. talked about already. Uh, yeah. Yep. Yep. We've, we've at least mentioned a couple of them. Um, our first nominee this week is going to be our Pino and Chief Joseph Marionette Biden. What did he do that was Richard like this week? I'm very curious as to what your reason behind this would be. Well, I mean, for me, I mean, there was the whole Russia, Ukraine, uh, China, Taiwan debacle. There was also, um, didn't he do like some sort of like press conference of to like make himself look good or something like that? And that, all, that all of what you're good. thinking happened in one press conference, by the way, Pat. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay, so. It all kind of like seems like it's separate things, but it, it's all together. So, um, so yeah, yeah that, so there's that. That's thanks to conservative clickbait media, Pat. That that thought that you had of all of these things were different stories and different yeah. times. No, they all happened in one two-hour press conference. And oh, by the way, if you listen to the left, um, huh. the fact that he went two hours of a press conference means he's totally with it, except for... None of what he said in that two-hour press conference made any damn sense. And, oh, by the way, got us closer to war. Right. So, so that makes him a Richard of the Week nominee. Right. Uh, then we have um, Joy Reid um, for her comments in regards to uh, the um, the the uh, falsely claims the Florida bill will ban making white people sad. How does she still have a job? Everything is racist for her. Like her theme song is everything is racist. You know, your your hit Mojo 50 jingle. Everything is racist. Everything is racist today. Then we also have uh, Nick Saban. And his uh, uh, dumb letter to Joe Manchin. And yeah, um, did, did these people bother to even read the damn bill, as Chip Roy right. pointed out? Because um, n- n- um, no, they it, it's impossible. It's a seven hundred page bill that was put out a the night before they were supposed to vote on it. Good try, good try though, good try. Yep, yep. 
And then what was the... Uh, uh, and by the way, Pat, uh, real quick, the thing that I want to hit on... And, well, actually, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to save this for the fish fry. Move forward. Okay, okay. Um, and then, then we have the... Is it the German Prime Minister? Is that what he is? Karl Lauterbach. Yeah. Yes. For his comments on... Uh, it's not a mandate if it's if it's voluntary or something like that. That is not the quote. The quote is nobody gets vaccinated against their will. Even the obligation right. okay. to vaccinate leads to the result that one ends up being vaccinated voluntarily. Right. Okay. Like yeah, I yeah, said, exactly. 1984 and its Ministry of Truth, <clears throat> specifically the slogans, war is peace, freedom is slavery, and ignorance is strength apply here. Are you ready to crown our winner? Is it is it even a contest? Uh no. I'm pretty sure our winner is Joseph Marionette Biden. I, I, I mean, we could do an entire hour-long episode breaking down the insanity that came out of his mouth on all sorts of fronts, but again, like we asked yesterday, does does anything he says matter? Because ultimately, my contention is nothing that he says matters. It's the actions in which his cabinet take that matter because they're the ones in control. They're the ones putting the words on the teleprompter anchorman style, and maybe that's what we should be calling him going forward. Anchorman? Anchorman. Is that not who he is? I mean, or could we call him, um, uh, what, what is the guy, the, not Danny Tanner, the, but the, the weatherman on Anchorman? Uh, is it Brit? Who's the weatherman on it? Was, well, it wasn't Steve Carell's character. He did yeah, sports, it, right? No. Was it Steve Carell's character? Da no, Steve Carell's character was the weatherman. Danny Tanner is the, um, he's the, uh, sports guy. He's the cowboy okay. hat. Whammo! Who did that? I don't remember. I don't remember. I don't or is remember it Brett role. But either way, yeah, none of it matters. Uh, the the point being that I I feel like sometimes he is Anchorman, and then sometimes he's the sports guy, and then sometimes he is uh, the weatherman because he doesn't know what he's talking about. And then, uh, dude, you stabbed a guy with a trident. I'm pretty sure he's dead. You know what I mean? Like. Like he has, I feel like he embodies all characters on Anchorman. I'm not kidding you. He literally <laughs> is the the real life embodiment of that entire movie. He just reads the words off the teleprompter like Will Ferrell, Ferrell's character. He yells random crap like the sports guy, and then he has no clue what he's talking about. Much like the weatherman. Is he a glass case of emotion? It works 60% of the time, all the time. All the time. But can we can we do ourselves a favor and just leave the mothers out of this? Because that's highly unnecessary. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But seriously, I, I, I think that's the uh, nickname that we got to go with. Fair enough. Now, having said that, uh, he is our Richard of the week. Now, um, as we get into... The Friday Fish Fry. The Nick Saban, Jerry West, Oliver Luck, 
Um, there's a couple other people involved in this letter. Um, I, so I asked myself a question that I often ask myself. Why? Why would they do this? What What point are they trying to make? Especially because we all know that Joe Manchin and Nick Saban are friends, right? Because Nick Saban grew up in West Virginia. He grew up with Joe Manchin. He knows Joe Manchin. And he's known him for like 40 years. So my, my question in all of this is why? What? Because Nick Saban has stayed out of politics by and large his entire career. He hasn't gotten involved. He's not Mr. Woke Warrior, right? He's not at least, Greg Popovich or Steve Kerr. At least that we know of. Which, by the way, you know. I could have put um, the the minority owner, and I don't mean minority in the sense of he is a minority. I mean he is a financial minority owner of the Golden State Warriors going on, on uh, a podcast and saying he doesn't care about the Uyghurs. Right? I could have put that in the worst of the week. That was awful. And the reasoning that he gave was awful. Um, but for me, Pat, what, why, why of all things to wade into, right? Why? And I came up with an answer. Really? Cause I couldn't come up with one. I came up with an answer after thinking through this. What type of what, what matters most in college football, Pat? What is the one thing that will make or break a program? Uh, winning? No. How do you win? How do you win? And then by recruiting? Bingo. Bingo. And what type of individual would respond to Nick Saban writing this letter? Today's woke athlete. Okay. This is about recruiting. This is Nick Saban saying, see, I planted my flag for you, the minority that I'm going to be recruiting, right? You, the the black athlete in the Southeast, I'm with you. I'm standing by you. Here's my proof, right? The, the, the Freedom to Vote Act. I stood my ground. I did my part. And now you see where I stand. Now, you and I can see through this, right? Right. And it's an awful way to recruit, by the way. Why? Why is it an awful way to recruit? Uh, because because what, what you have to remember that Nick Saban is a 75-year-old geriatric white person. Right. What cachet does he have with today's athlete? Other than well, winning, right? Other than Other than a reputation for winning national championships, right? Right. I was going to say there's that. Uh, but here's but remember, for today's athlete, Pat, does sports really matter to them? No. I, I'm not saying it's not smart. That's not what I'm saying. I like I, I get what you're saying, and I agree with you. I'm saying it's an awful way to recruit because it, it, really, if, if you're that good at what you do, if you're that good at recruiting, you should be able to rely on the merits of your program and your track record. I don't disagree. What, I don't disagree with you on that. But in the in the world of 
name image likeness, right? Where we're seeing people getting paid $4 million out in LA, where all of these things are happening, right? The right. the name cachet of Alabama football is less than it was before. And it's because while Alabama is a big brand, right? right. The ability for NIL to exist is smaller in that marketplace than it is in Los Angeles, than it is in um, the Northeast, than it is in Florida. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can see Mario Cristobal plus the image of Miami football plus all the money that's in Miami being a massive thing, right? Again, I can see all of these things. So in recruiting, if you are living off of your laurels, you're dying. Right. Okay. So Alabama's been really good at being able to get top-notch recruiters in, and it's people who can relate to today's athlete, whether that was the athlete of 10 years ago or the athlete of now. How do you gain an edge? By becoming woke, by showing some sort of I'm with you, right? That's where this is coming from for me. It makes no damn sense. Oliver Luck, of all people, Andrew Luck is not somebody who's in that woke warrior set. Oliver Luck is not in a woke warrior set. Why are they doing it? It's all about making sure, because Oliver Luck has been in college athletics for a very long time, and he's not there anymore. That's his angle in on this, right? Jerry West right. has largely been a... um a warrior for West Virginia for a very long time, right? He's not really been woke per se. He kind of steers clear of politics mostly. So all of these things combine to me to go, what in the absolute blue hell is going on? Now, your Friar story, at least one. I, I, I'm going to go with something different because I, I don't know that this has been actually heard of um, or not, but, uh, Woke preacher says Jesus transgendered himself when washing the disciples' feet. And I don't think that's in the Bible. That's actually part of the headline, by the way. Yeah, that's um, not in the Bible. I'm guessing yeah, this is from Not to Be. Um, yes, this is from Not to Be. Um, and uh, it's uh, what in the world of nonsense is happening at this Baptist church in England? Simon Woodman, a pastor at London's Bloomsbury Central Baptist Church. He has got to be in his mid to late 70s by now. I'm not going to name him, but he flat out told me, he said, we are in this 40 years in the desert period with my generation, that, that Vatican II generation. And he said the simple fact of the matter is that it, it, it's but it's – it would be unfair just to lump it on the Pope because he's kind of <laughs> yeah. legion. And he said, the sad part of it is, and this is a man not our age. He's from that generation. He says, my generation just needs to die. They they need to move on because right. we, we are stuck in this 60s hippie, whatever it is. And it's sad to say that, but he said, I don't think it's going to get better until that critical mass goes away. And so I don't think I can answer it any better than that. 
All right. So before you guys go, first off, thank you so very much for joining us on the program. Um, how can people follow you and uh, whatever um, happens next for both you, Ainsley, and you, Todd? Um, well, all of my social media is just Ainsley underscore Erzin. Um, <laughs> so there's that. And then I think, honestly, just the more people we can get who are brave enough to step out and support this publicly, because I truly have gotten so many private messages, hundreds, um, just saying, like, you are so brave. I'm so proud of you for fighting for this. We need more girls that are like that. And every single girl that has reached out to me, they have the opportunity to do that also. So um, we need them to be able to voice, voice their opinions because there are so many people out there that support me. Um, and if they're willing to um, go public with that, um, really, no one can ignore us if we have that many people out there saying that. Well, for me, I've got two bits of advice. For the dads out there, uh, you, you can't let this happen. Where are the dads at the University of Pennsylvania? Why aren't they stopping this? Where is their voice in all of this? But a lot of these dads, unfortunately, for various reasons, are going to fail these daughters. So girls, here's what you need to be prepared to do. And it sucks that it's on you. And I'm speaking for the sports that I know that my daughter plays. But if, if that happens out on your soccer field, you walk off. If that happens at your track meet and you're in the blocks next to this, you don't leave those blocks. And people are going to wonder what's going on and they're going to come talk to you and you tell them without apology, this is ours and you're not taking it from us. This is a special thing. Most, just like most girls line up against each other in all these meets and there's one winner and the other ones are some version of not winning. But you should see the relationships. They thrive off each other. Their shared experience, yep. the pain that they endure to get there. And, and that's why you, you hear, if you really want to talk to Ainsley, when she talks about like cross country is the one sport that she does now that's going to go away. And she's not really sad about that. She doesn't, you know, the distance part of it. But she <laughs> loved the teammates because you suffer in that sport. Mm -hmm. Good, bad, otherwise you suffer. And they do it together, and it makes them better together. Don't let anybody take that away from you. And with that, Ainsley, you have anytime you need this platform or you want to speak out, you are more than welcome on this show. Um, we are on your side. Uh, we, we've got your back. Guys, uh, I'm in your debt. Uh, if you ever need anything from me, uh, I will do what I can to... Uh, meet you there. Um, this has been above and beyond. We're blessed to know you. Well, thank you so much. We appreciate you coming on. Thank you. Keep fighting, guys. God bless. God bless. Likewise.